Welcome into another edition of the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Alabama Crimson Tide news and information. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and join with me today is a very special guest to preview one of the biggest games of the season between Alabama and Ole Miss from Sports Illustrated's The Grove Report. John Macon Gillespie. John, how's it going, man? Glad you're on here. Can, can you in Oxford right now? Is there that feeling of a big game on the horizon? What's kind of what's kind of the mood with you right now and uh, in this Ole Miss football program? Well, yeah, uh, obviously. Thanks for having me. Um, and yes, I think putting it bluntly, or maybe even understating it a little bit, there is that feeling of a big game. Um, it's kind of all the talk around campus, around town, uh, everything like that, and. Really since, I don't know, I guess 2014 or, or so, I mean, that's when Ole Miss and Alabama have have played, um, that excitement level on campus in Oxford uh, really goes up. And um, obviously that's that's the case this year, especially with, with Ole Miss looking, looking pretty good to this point in Alabama too, so. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, earlier, right? You mentioned the 2014 and 2015 years when, when Ole Miss won back-to-back uh, against Alabama for the first time in school history because – you know, growing up in Alabama and Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss's mindset was always, okay, we'll never lose the party, but we'll probably lose the game, right? Um, really up until that moment. And then because of Hugh Freeze, um, you know, really put Ole Miss on the map with Alabama and Alabama really, you know, Alabama fans and just the program in general really had to keep an eye on what was going on in Oxford. And then you kind of had two, three years without Hugh Freeze with Matt Luke. And now – um, not even not even two two full years, Ole Miss is back firmly in the national you know conversation. And you think about how crazy with Lane Kiffin. You think about how crazy it is, John Macon. Like two no go back to November of 2019, the Ole Miss Mississippi State game, right? When Matt Lou gets fired after that, um, you know Ole Miss is still in turmoil with the scholarships, and then right you hire they hire Lane Kiffin. And last year, I mean, he really jumps onto the scene, almost beating Alabama. And now we're sitting here not even two full years later, and Ole Miss is the trendy pick this week to upset the number one team in the country. Yeah, and from that from that November 2019 Egg Bowl, um, I was actually a senior at Ole Miss uh, working that game for the student newspaper in Starkville. Um, so there was a really – you know, I, I had a kind of a front row seat to – one of the most outlandish experiences in college football history that night. And when I, when I left Davis Wade stadium uh, that night, heading back to my car, you know, I was just kind of thinking, you know, that this, that, that the Ole Miss program just wasn't in a good place. I mean, just from an objective standpoint, obviously because of what all had transpired. Um, and if you had told me then that, you know, come 2021 Ole Miss was going to be a top 15 team heading into Tuscaloosa with, what you know a lot of people think is a puncher's chance of taking down Alabama um you know I, I probably would have thought you were crazy and but you know still that's that's where we are now and um you know it's it's a credit to Lane Kiffin and, and the staff that he's put together and the the guys he's been able to recruit and coach up yeah and with, with Lane you know him and him and Nick go way back to when you know he, he was on staff at Alabama obviously and um, so I mean, you heard it last year in the lead up to that game and you hear it obviously this week in the lead up to this game of just kind of really the formative years of this new age Alabama offense and Lane being really the kind of the cog right in that engine that makes it run and Lane really is the innovator 
Um, Nick Saban's obviously one who adapted and, and really said, okay, well, if we're going to lose to these, you know, spread teams, let's go ahead and, and join them. Let's be one of them. And that's why you go out and hire Elaine Kiffin. Uh, right now in Oxford, John Macon, tell me who's, who's hated more, Mike Wilbon or Nick Saban? <laughs> uh, could we say it's a tie maybe? I mean, I, uh, I think, I think uh, the, the Mike Wilbon thing is obviously very fresh. Um, but the, the Nick Saban, the Nick Saban angst has been there for a while, I guess, uh, which I'm sure Nick is used to across the country, wherever he goes. But um, yeah, no, I mean, that, that whole sequence of events this week was, was really uh, interesting, I guess, to say the least. And uh, especially leading up to, to one of the biggest games in the country for the week. Yeah. Now, and the reason I bring it up is because I, I was thinking about when I heard Mike, and, and listeners, if you're not, if you're not familiar Mike Wilbon of ESPN talked about Lane Kiffin's been an embarrassment at every stop he's been at. Why would a university want to attach their name to him and have them represent him? And I started thinking about it, John Macon, just when he was at Alabama, yeah, sure. He, you know, in between the semifinal and 2016 in the championship game, he left and he went to FAU. Wasn't, he didn't coach in that championship game, but he was never an embarrassment at Alabama. He, he was never, you know, somebody that the university should be ashamed of. And, and I know in Oxford right now with, with Ole Miss, he sure as hell is somebody to be ashamed of, obviously. Um, so uh, the reason why it's interesting to me, and I'm glad you mentioned the kind of the buildup of this game, is is because Elaine and his social media uh, platform and his kind of personality on there, he kind of kept going back at it, right? I mean, he, he tweeted something about it. And then the next morning after it happened, he went back to the well, um, per se. And, and, and it just kind of tells me, you know, and just really what he's been doing this week on social media and in the media availability is just really respecting Alabama, really kind of, you know, putting it out there that he's not trying to poke the bear Nick Saban. Yeah, and I think I think it's kind of twofold, right? I think one side, Lane obviously not necessarily reveres, but he super respects Nick Saban and what he's built at Alabama. But on the other side, I do feel like he has a lot of motivation for this game. I mean, obviously going up against somebody that he coached under and coached with, um, obviously spent, spent those years in Tuscaloosa. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that, if, if Kiffin didn't have a ton of motivation for this game, I think Wilbon gave it to him uh, this, this week a little bit just to kind of show that, hey, you know, I'm not a clown, as in Wilbon's words, um, that, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm doing a good job and things like that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and looking at this Ole Miss team this year, we talked about this in our midweek show. Um, it was me and Joey Blackwell who covers uh, the f- football team for us at Bama Central. And we were we were there in Vault Hemingway last year watching, you know, that 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 fireworks show, right? 63 to 48. I mean, just back and forth. And then, you know, with that old Miss offense, though, you still had Matt Corral, but you had Elijah Moore, you had Kenny Yaboa. So you had two awesome weapons, right? I mean, literally on the first play of scrimmage in that game, right? Kenny Yaboa goes almost 80 yards to the house, um, but he gets them down there at the goal line. So, you know, obviously, Wood Lane, they're going to take shots if they get the ball first on Saturday. There's no doubt about that on that first drive. Um, but then you look kind of fast forward to now, 2021, you're right, Louisville, Austin P, Tulane. This offense still hasn't missed a beat, even losing those two guys. Would you say, John Macon, that the offense, even without really the big-name stars, is even better or more efficient than it was in 2020? I would say to an extent. I, I do think on one side that – the offense feels less pressure because the defense has improved. Um, so I think that kind of gives them, you know, they're, it, it, let's say they, they have a drive where they don't go down the field and score. 
Okay, it's not automatically panic mode on the sideline. Because, I mean, you remember the game last year between Ole Miss and Alabama where it just felt like, okay, the first team that doesn't score may be in trouble. Or the team um, field goal. Yeah. And uh, so but, – but this year there doesn't seem to be that vibe because the defense, while it's not elite, is noticeably improved from a season ago. Um, so, I mean, I, I do think that – you know, you're right that they haven't really missed a beat, and I think that a lot of that is schematic with Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin uh, being the offensive minds in the room there. And uh, obviously the the maturation of Matt Corral has has been invaluable to to this team as well. So, And that's what should scare Alabama fans, really, when you think about it <laughs> with Lane Kiffin, is that no matter the talent level of the players he is coaching, and he, I think he mentioned it this week in the media abilities is like, you know, Alabama last year had five first-round picks on their offense. We had two draft picks as an entire team. Um, is that no matter the skill level that Ole Miss or whatever team Lane Kiffin's coaching has, he is always going to out-scheme the other coach, right? He might not win every single game, but he's, he, he's going to come close to out-scheming no matter who is on the other sideline. Um, and that's what kind of should worry Alabama fans, I think, to some degree, because – you look at previous meetings, right? You go back to 2009, Alabama, Tennessee. I mean, Lane, I mean, that was not a great Tennessee team, obviously, and he still got them to seven, eight wins. And in that game, it was 12 to 10, and they had a chance to win. They probably should have won that game. Last year, if Ole Miss's defense could stop a nosebleed, Ole Miss probably wins that game. Uh, and this year, you know, you look at this number, it's, it's, I think it's gone up to 15 now, um, which still looks really, really high, you know, for, 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 for a high-powered offense like Ole Miss. I'm glad you mentioned the defense, though. Um, is, is it more so maybe the opponents Ole Miss has played? Because, um, I mean, Louisville, while Louisville isn't, you know, some elite team, they're, they're, not, they're not just a pushover to some extent. They did get a nice one over UCF a couple weeks ago. Um, but Tulane gave Oklahoma a scare. Ole Miss obviously looked a lot better than Oklahoma did when playing the Green Wave. Uh, but is it kind of maybe the competition that Ole Miss has played that makes everybody think the defense has improved? I think that's a good question. And I think that to an extent, maybe so. Uh, but I do, I do think that Saturday will be an indication of it maybe exactly where this defense stands because this is obviously the best offense that Ole Miss has faced to this point this year. Um, and there's, you know, bar none. That's just how it is. Um, and, you know, while, yes, I mean, the, I, I, do think, I do think the defense is improved but just how much, I guess, is yet to be seen, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Because, yeah. you know, sure, I mean, you, you've played Louisville, Austin P, Tulane, but obviously that's not teams like Alabama, Auburn, LSU, you know, name your SEC team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a totally fair question, and I think that's a question that's in the back of a lot of people's minds, uh, especially in Oxford, you know, because the, the optimism is there that, hey, the defense looks a lot better than it did last year, but by the same token, SEC play starts Saturday. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, and one more note I wanted on the offense real quick. From your perspective, when I mentioned that the offense for Ole Miss is getting a little bit better, you know, Matt Corral, obviously, Don Terrio Drummond being that big, you know, that pass catcher, the number one pass catcher, the running backs and the running game is actually what's impressed me most about the Ole Miss team. I think – and Matt Corral's obviously been impressive. But, for the, I mean, the running game with Henry Parrish – uh, Jerry and Ely, Snoop Connor. That's why I kind of think this offense might be a little bit better in 2021 than 2020 because of the running game. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the running game was there last year, but, I mean, you saw later in the season the emergence of Henry Parrish and just how dangerous he can be. 
Um, and I mean, this, this year, I said it some in some preview stuff that I did for the site uh, leading up to the season, but um, I, I think it's, it's tough to find a group of three better backs in the country than what Ole Miss has right now. Um, just because it's, you know, you've got, you've got so many different versatile options there. I mean, you've got ground and pound kind of with Snoop Connor, then you've got more of a finesse option with Jerry and Ely, and you've got somebody who can do a little bit of both and with, with Henry Parrish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the options there are plentiful. And also, um, don't be surprised to see a little bit more of Ely and maybe Parrish lining up out in the slot, too, uh, on, on Saturday. Yeah, those are certainly guys who can impact the game on Saturday. It is, is right now with the fan base, John Macon, is it kind of like, okay, what, what's the vibe around the fan base? Is it thinking, okay, we're happy as long as we're competitive? Or is it we've got more than a fighter's chance to win this game? I think it depends on who you ask. Um, I think there are some who say, you know, hey, it's Alabama. It's in Tuscaloosa. Really hard to win in Tuscaloosa, regardless of who you are. Um, but then on, on the flip side, you know, if you were to ask maybe the other half of the fan base, they would say, hey, you know, I think, yeah, we've, we've got a fighter's chance to, to do this thing. Um, and, you know, from a, from a media perspective, you know, in, in my shoes, it's trying to see, okay, how exactly do I evaluate that, you know, so to speak. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it really just depends on who you ask, but regardless, I do know the vibe around Oxford is very excited um, just because I think they expect some form of a competitive level on Saturday. Um, and, if, if a win comes from that, it's kind of icing on the cake, so to speak. So we mentioned the running backs for Ole Miss. If Ole Miss is going to win this game, who outside of Matt Corral and outside of maybe Dontario Drummond, who needs who, – and maybe it's a defender. Who needs to step up the most, you think? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'll give you a couple. I think offensively, I would say – it would probably be someone like a Henry Parrish or a Braylon Sanders. Um, defensively, the grad transfer um, linebacker Chance Campbell is going to be a guy to really keep your eye on as well. Um, he has been probably the most productive linebacker on Ole Miss's defense so far this year. Um, and if he can stay healthy and not be ejected for targeting, as we've seen multiple Ole Miss players be this year, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a guy that, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see maybe why the defense looks a little bit different than it did a season ago. Um, but those are the names off the top of my head that I would say are probably ones who need to have big games in order for Ole Miss to have a chance. Because obviously, you know, Matt Corral can't do it all himself. He's going to have to have help from other places. Um, and so those, those are the guys I would say are, are probably the ones to watch. And I'm glad you mentioned Matt Corral. The game inside the game right here, the Heisman Trophy race. We could be sitting here seeing one, the, you know, either the winner or the runner-up, either way you look at it, um, on Saturday too. This could really be the game that decides that. I, I think so too. I was just thinking that earlier today. Um, I, think, I think the winner of this game has a leg up in that race, obviously. Um, but, I mean, early on in the season – you know, to this to this point, I guess we're in week five now. Um, these two have really kind of separated themselves from the pack. 
and getting them against each other in a game in Tuscaloosa, 2.30 CBS, is, I think, a really good early season treat because I, I can't remember the last time that we had probably a Heisman race, one, that looked like this this early, but two, was, you know, pitting, pitting the two contenders against one another this early in the season. I, I think it's I think it's pretty special, um, and it, it sets up, you know, what should be um, not only an exciting game, but an exciting portion of the early part of, of this football season. Yeah, a couple more before we get you out of here. Matt Corral. What a what what has he kind of unlocked? Is it is it Kiffin really? Um, obviously, he was a talented recruit coming out of the state of California um, when, when he when he was when he was a freshman there under Matt Luke. But has it been the connection with Kiffin really growing in that system that's kind of unlocked this this really special ability? Um, what is it with this guy? Because I, I remember at SC Media Days 2019 talking to him because he was literally I think either one or two the only freshman to come. And I, I, and I was one of the only reporters up there and I was talking to him and he just, he was a guy at that point in time as a, as an 18, 19 year old, really, really mature. And it seems like that's even gotten developed even more with Lane. I think so. I mean, I think, I think one side of it is the natural maturation process of a human being and of a quarterback. Um, those are kind of two different things, but I, I do think naturally he has matured since he's been here. That's one. Two, I think this system that Lebby and Kiffin have in place uh, is suited perfectly for him. I mean, and and Kiffin has been known to alter his his offensive systems to fit his playmakers, and I think they hit a home run with that with Matt Corral. I mean, uh, so so I would say it's a little bit of both. It's a maturation thing. He's gotten smarter, um, but also it's, it's a credit to the to the system. Yeah, and that's the thing that surprises me the most about Matt Corral so far this year. He hasn't turned the football over. Yeah, um, and uh, he he obviously got kind of a bad rap for that last year because of the Arkansas game and even the LSU game. Um, but, yeah, no, he has been very smart with the football to this point. Um, now, granted, he hasn't faced an SEC defense yet, um, and obviously the, the defensive coordinators in this league are a different breed. Um, but I do think that – you can tell a little bit whenever teams do the rush three, drop eight thing, he's, he's going to take what the defense has given him instead of forcing the ball, at least to this point. Um, so I think that's another, just another maturation step and another, another credit to Kiffin and Levy for what they've been able to do with him. This is what's interesting to me here. I think Ole Miss's offensive line has been either, you know, definitely top three in the SEC so far this season. They've played out of their mind. What I'm interested to see what Pete Golding and Nick Saban do on Saturday afternoon um, because you have a guy like Will Anderson, right, who's been obviously the best defensive player in the country, uh, just unbelievable at getting to the quarterback, disrupting the play in the backfield. Um, you know, are, are they going to rush three? I mean, with Ole Miss's offensive line, this is obviously going to be a real test against Alabama's defensive line. But if Ole Miss can run, you know, between 70 to 80 plays like last year, what we saw in the Florida game from Alabama is you can get them gassed. And, and, and with, the, with the right schemes, the right play calls, you can get them gassed and, and, and later on in the game really take advantage of that. Um, I'm interested to see Alabama's defensive scheme, uh, see if they do take – you know, if they did go back and look at that Arkansas game uh, where he did throw the six interceptions and see if they're going to drop eight, um, see if they're going to bring out some extra defensive backs because they're really loaded at that position with some really young talent. Um, but the, the, I want to see uh, Will Anderson against the Ole Miss tackles 
um, and, and see if he can get at the quarterback. Because I think, too, this game is going to come down to who makes the mistake between Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's probably a good way to look at it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you said something about going fast and, and getting a defense gassed because that is – that is this team's MO. I mean, regardless of who they're playing, I mean, it's boom, 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 score. Um, and so I, I think that will definitely be a part of the game plan, especially after, you know, the success that Florida was able to have uh, doing doing some of that too. So, And, and you know, I know a lot of Alabama people say this. They, they say it's Lane Kiffin's Super Bowl, and I know he's got tricks up his sleeves because I know he wants to be the first Saban disciple to take down his former boss. Lastly, John Macon, let me get a score prediction from you. Uh, and how, how, you, how do you see this game going down inside Bryant-Denny on uh, Saturday afternoon? Well, we are going to have a predictions piece on thegrovereport.com, which people are more than welcome to go check out. Um, but what I'm feeling personally, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I think that if this game were in Oxford, I might feel one way about it, but it's in Tuscaloosa. And teams don't just go into Tuscaloosa and win most of the time. I do think Ole Miss has a chance to win this game if things were to go their way. But I'm feeling something kind of like 42-37 Alabama. Okay, I think that's right at 42-37. I think that's 79, right? I'm not a math guy, but I think that's I'm right not either. at 79. Uh, I think that's right at 79. Okay, so that would, I would push the over-under. This is I was looking at the numbers on this. 79, 79 and a half is kind of what it's at right now. The largest over-under in, in an SEC game history. That's wild to me. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And so, I mean, basically what you're saying is my my gut prediction is just as good as Vegas, right? Is that, is that what I just heard? Yeah. We can make a lot of money listening to you, man. Yeah. Um, we can make a lot of money. But no, I, I, I see, for me, it's going to be and, – and, and, and people might – I mean, this isn't a homer pick or anything like that. It's just – Ole Miss is very talented. Ole Miss is the second best team in the SEC West. This is the SEC West championship on Saturday. There is no doubt about that. Say what you want about Arkansas. I think Arkansas is a team that's still going to lose three to four games this year. Um, they're they're going to lose on Saturday to Georgia. They've been a great story. But when Alabama and Ole Miss meet, it is the two best teams in the SEC West. And this game, it, for Ole Miss to stay competitive, they've got to come out early. They've got to come out swinging. They've got to get off to a lead. Because if they let Bryce Young in this offense, you know, go up 20, 21 to three like Florida did, um, I think Ole Miss has got the firepower, obviously, to come back. But I don't think Ole Miss's defense can withstand, you know, uh, you know, being taking a beating that early in the game and then having to play from behind and having to get stops. Right? Um, they're they're better playing off when you can you can kind of maybe uh, with both teams going really fast and maybe there's a tip ball that gets intercepted. Right? Maybe there's a ball that bounces off receiver's chest gets intercepted. Um, Ole Miss's defense is going to kind of rely on that. For me, I've got Alabama uh, somewhere in the range of, you know, 40 to 24, somewhere around there. I think the under will hit because I think it's going to be a little less scoring than last year because um, there's just – I mean, the talent is just it's, – it's not similar to last year. I would be shocked if Alabama put up 50 on the, in this game, right? I mean, they scored 63 last year on this Ole Miss team. I'd be shocked if they put up 50. Um, I think they're going to score anywhere from 35 to 42, similar to where you had them at. But I think the under hits, and I think Alabama ends up covering the 14 and a half because Nick Saban's been in this situation so many times um, to where, okay, the other teams had a, had, a, had an extra week to prepare or whatever. You can get all the preparation done in a week. Um, you don't need really need that extra week outside of really the physical 
um, challenges of that. So Alabama, you, you've obviously got Ole Miss covering. I've got Alabama covering. It's going to be a whale of a game, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited about it. I, you know, it's 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 a treat from a media perspective because I mean we get to write about something that's that's fun and you know not you know going to be just super non-competitive regardless. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So Ole Miss, you think they lose this game? What is the ceiling for this this Rebels team? Ceiling right now, um, based on how the rest of the SEC looks. If, if you were to take all the toss-ups going Ole Miss's way, I would say probably 11-1, and one, consider if, if they lose this game. Um, and I, I obviously I can see, you know, a couple a couple of different of those of those games maybe going another way. But if Ole Miss gets the ball to bounce their way every time, I think 11-1 11 and, 11 and one or, you know, whatever is, is totally on the table. And, and two, really, I mean, we're talking about how big this game is. But these two teams, depending on how else college football is shaking up, there's not many great teams out there right now outside of maybe two or three. This could be a rematch in the playoffs. Yeah. No, this, I, I think this is, this is definitely a game that impacts not only the SEC West and the SEC title, um, but the college football playoff. Uh, I, I fully believe that. Yeah. I, I don't trust Oklahoma. I don't trust Penn State. I don't trust Iowa. Uh, I, I don't trust Cincinnati. I don't trust Notre Dame. Well, I mean, and all those all those teams you named, and most of the teams in college football have some sort of flaw. I mean, and that's just there's there's no, I mean, I guess it's kind of like this in college football every year, but typically, you know, I mean, Clemson's down, and all of this kind of stuff that we're not really used to. So, Ohio State, uh, oh, they already yeah. have, lost to Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> they lost to Oregon. Almost lost to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and too, I mean, like I said, the the teams I trust right now. Uh, I trust Alabama. I trust Georgia. I, I do trust Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. That's why I think if there's any year for for an SEC team to get three out of four, I think it's this year. And, and I think um, Saturday could be a good preview of that. So, John Macon, you mentioned it earlier, the Grove Report. Where can people find your work? Where can they find your social media? And, and, and after this game, kind of keep up with the Ole Miss Rebels and what you're doing over there. Yeah, well, you can find us uh, at thegrovereport.com. Um, obviously part of Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at jmake, J-M-A-K-E Gillespie uh, on Twitter. And, you know, if you if you hit the follow button, um, I try to be humorous sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't work. So. <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, thanks again for coming on here, man. We, we appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Awesome. For John. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. For John Making Gillespie, I am Tyler Martin. This has been another edition of the All Things Bama Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.